Welcome to episode 65 of The Roger Snipe Show. Thank you for tuning in to The Roger Snipe Show. The aim of each episode is to leave you feeling more informed than when you started. You can expect a vast array of subjects from functional medicine to economic developments. Each week, I'll be interviewing experts in different fields to bring you an awesome show. The Rod 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 Roger Snipes Show. Yo, thank you very much for tuning in once again, and welcome to the Roger Snipes Show. So today, I'm going to be speaking to Dr. Christian Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez, but more popularly known as Dr. G. He's a integrative oncologist. I think that's the way you pronounce it oncologist which is a doctor that helps provide medical treatment for cancer so yeah he's kind of important (laughs) he also practices um, you could say indigenous naturopathic nutrition so the the real health side of mm, medical treatment so treating people with uh, natural practices you could say now, I first came across Dr. G through Instagram as he was talking about like different food comparisons, like natural versus unnatural products that were bioavailable versus products which make claims <laughs> that were not entirely true. I mean, it excited me to see that real transparency was made of the labels if they weren't going to do it themselves. Dr. G would dissect the ingredients and explain the pros and the cons of each product, um, which lead to some labels uh, being exposed as unethical. You know, for companies which are not transparent, I think it is important that people um, can, can raise this to other people's attention. So... I have so much, so much respect for Dr. Christian Gonzalez, man. Seriously, I, when I came across his page and he was just talking about so many different types of products, at first I was thinking, damn, can you do this? <laughs> Are you allowed to do this? But the truth is, he would be speaking directly to the companies, just asking them for clarification on certain ingredients. Um, or just providing some sort of uh, proof or certificate to say, I don't know, whether it's organic or something. And there are many that were very complying and even gave him extra information which he didn't necessarily need. And there were some companies that just didn't respond back to him. Um, But that's just like one of the amazing things I I do uh, enjoy from Dr. G's uh, podcasts and social media posts. So I reached out to him to see whether he would be available to be on my podcast. And here we are today. So super excited. Let's bring on Dr. Christian Gonzalez. So, Dr. G, how you doing, my friend? 
It's a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. I, I got to go outside in the morning, put my feet on the ground, breathe some nature air, as we were talking about me living in the mountain, breathe some of the natural air, bathe in the forest. So I'm, and I just had a matcha. I'm ready to go. My days, I'm running a hundred miles and running right now. Oh, that's so beautiful. Really, really. I, I, I used my PEMF mat earlier today. Um, I went for a little walk. Um, but I wish I had a bit more nature like yourself. I, I'll try. I try and do as much naturistic stuff as possible. But I, I'm I'm slightly envious of your your lifestyle. I must say. <laughs> but listen, even getting out on a walk is so therapeutic to start your day, mm. especially if you can just no, no no phone, no anything, just walking in nature and being present sets that mindset of just an, so you're able to handle stress throughout the day. You already started with being present and being aligned, and it's really. I think it's really important to find that time right when you wake up. Give yourself 30 minutes. Give yourself an hour. Even give yourself 20 minutes, 15. Just whatever you can to, to set that precedent for the day. I'm telling you, when I do my rituals, my day, I, I can get a flat tire and then my car can explode at the same time. And I'm like, okay, all right, what do we do now? Instead of being like, oh my God, what's going on? I'm, I can't handle the stress. It just sets you up in such a perfect way. That, oh man, that, that kind of excites me. That, um, this isn't even the, the podcast starting yet, but that <laughs> excites me that, you know, so, uh, like something, a, a massive eruption can happen in the day and you're so centered within yourself. You, you, yeah. You're good. Like it's not going to take you away from your peace. That is really yeah. good. How long has it yeah. taken you to train to, to achieve this, this equilibrium? Man, you know, look, I started under, uh, in my undergraduate doing meditation. It really, realistically, three months of, of straight practice in meditation, I was already, it was already transcending to my waking life. So I, I noticed that things that quote unquote bothered me before, people that quote unquote bothered me in the classroom, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't like this guy. He's, you know, he's, a, he's such a, he's such a, you know, like kiss up or whatever it is. Like <laughs> just things that don't matter all of a sudden didn't matter. So what, and it's the practice, right? And, and it's literally, it doesn't have to be meditation. It could be someone who loves yoga, as long as you're centering yourself, like you going for your walk, as long as you're centering yourself. When you bring that mindfulness to now, this moment, all of a sudden you're not worried about the future and what you have to do for the day or thinking about someone that said something in the past. You're right centered. The more you train yourself to be right centered, then again, that transcends to that waking life. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, that, that shit doesn't bother me. It will bother any other normal person that you think, but it just, it comes, it doesn't stick and it just flows out. Mm. Three months, meditation, yoga, walking, just be mindful, journal, breath work, just being in the moment. Three months training your brain, your brain has plasticity, it changes, the neural connections change. The anxiety centers in your brain reduced, the sense of well-being centers in your brain increase. It's plastic, it's like a muscle. You know, I know you work out, man. So like that, yeah. there you go. Your brain is muscle. Mm. So I think we can absolutely, we can absolutely train the brain to be in a state of equilibrium. Amazing. Amazing. One of the great things you speak about on your podcasts and on your posts is you really go into, <laughs> I don't know whether I should say whether you're calling brands out, but you really dissect uh, what brands should be doing or what companies should be doing. Like you'll, you'll say, okay, this is what a company, um, well, this, is, this is what should be in the food. But this company here, I have approached them 
um, to ask them about their ingredients and they haven't given me a straight answer. And it's like, wow, like when, you, when I first saw a video of you doing that, I was like, wow, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> you, know, <it's, laughs> you know, I think some people will be quite sensitive to, to, to be so ballsy about that kind of thing. And I think that's amazing. You know, just straight out there and, you know, if, if, you, if you don't agree with something, speaking directly to a company and just being open, telling everybody about it. This company was not honest. And I saw this one which you've done recently um, with GNC. Uh, uh -huh. um, that was big because, you know, for many years, you know, you know, as a youngster trying to put on muscle, you'll go there to buy your whey protein and stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the supermarket for, for, I don't know, fitness enthusiasts kind of thing. And you don't really, you, you just kind of have faith in the products. And then um, you mentioned that you, that, I can't remember what you said. You said something about there was, FDA had had hit them recently or something. Oh yeah, on GNC, yeah, for sure. They got yeah. they got they got dimmed for not even having uh, the supplements in their marketing, which was a big problem back in 2016 or 15. Mm. Um, but what but what you're getting at is is basically, look, as much as I talk with about equilibrium, equanimity, being aligned, and being present. You also don't have to take shit, right? You don't have to take shit from companies. You don't have to take shit from people. Like I know who I am. And for me, this is what I say. We deserve transparency, right? There was a time in my life where I was going to GNC. Back in college, I was getting all the whey proteins, all the multivitamins, fish oil, you know, all chromium, all of that stuff from GNC. And I didn't even think about quality. I go, oh, it's on the shelf. It must work. It must be good. I must, be, I must be spending my hard-earned money on something that works back in college, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think, especially in the health industry, because there's a concept of greenwashing where companies show up and they make their, companies, their, their products seem really healthy when there's crap in there, you know? Even from cleaning supplies that you see in the supermarkets here, they, they, they have a plant on it, you know, they have a, they have a nice little <laughs> illustration, cartoon illustration of the earth on it, earth-friendly, but then you look at the ingredients, and, and they're crap, and, and it's crap for your children. It's crap for you to breathe in. The same goes with food companies, right? Massive explosion over the past 10 years. You know, I remember when I really started getting into health about 10, 15 years ago, there, there, was, there wasn't half the stuff that we have now. So now we have oat milks, right? We have all these powders, protein powders, collagen powders, right? Green powders. Who was who looking at that? Who was asking the companies for transparency? Because let me tell you something. If I have a wife, she's pregnant, and she's taking a collagen powder, a protein powder because her doctor says, and then taking a green powder because she, you know, she can't stomach spinach eating it, so she wants to put it in a, in a drink. How do we not know that it's not robust and abundant in heavy metals? Those heavy metals can affect her and absolutely can cross the placenta into the child. And then the child's predisposed for neurological issues, cognitive issues, right? Skin issues. So for me, there's no one holding anyone accountable, right? You and I can open up a company right now, put, we can, we can start making supplements, we can put the baking soda, 90% of the capsule, and then a little bit of the supplement, and we'll call it Roger and Dr. G's Miracle Formula. And we can sell it. We can sell it. We could put it out to the market. No one is checking that. So, um, 
you know, I was a little bit inspired by Food Babe a while ago, and, and she was really holding companies accountable. She made a massive shift for Subway when she, when she talked about the chemicals in the bread, and they, they, Subway shifted their stuff. So she's been very inspiring because she's been like ballsy. Forget, she's like, forget this. I'm going to do exactly what I feel is right for the people. And that's the same fire that burns. And it's like, okay, I'm not talking about things that aren't true. This is exactly what happened. And we documented very well, me, me and my team. Called you, conversation we had, still want to give us the third-party testing. Asked again, conversation we had. So it's like, even if a company's like, hey, this is all slander, this isn't right. Here's, here's exactly every contact we had. Yeah. And we deserve to know what's in our shit. You know, like, tell me what's in my protein powder. Let me know so I can make an informed decision. That's, that's what we, I believe a lot of us should be doing and I'm teaching people to how to do. Mm. So now I'm getting DMs and people are like, listen, can you read this? Look, I asked this company. I asked them myself. The same thing happened with F-Factor, a fiber protein. People were watching the show. They got inspired. They started asking this company for the, uh, the kind of third-party testing. Huge controversy because they weren't giving it. And there was a lot of heat that the CEO had to talk about why they wouldn't give third-party testing. And then they finally gave it. So that's, that's massive movement, right? That's power yeah. to be able to shift and to empower people to do that stuff. So that was a long-winded answer, but that's where it comes from, man. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'd love to do that as well, but it takes a lot of research yourself to make sure that you understand each and every single ingredient. But what you do there is incredible. Definitely more people should do that. My question is, how do certain ingredients slip through and end up even, even you, you've even got certain products which are approved by FDA. And I think to myself, like when, when someone says, oh yeah, but this is FDA approved. I've yeah. lost so much faith in FDA. It's like, um, yeah, but the government will take care of us. You know, it's almost like I put it in the same bracket. Like what's your thoughts when it comes to FDA regulation, FDA approval and that sort of circle? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to tell you a, uh, a little story. I was, I was dating this girl maybe uh, 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. We were walking through the supermarket and I was, I was already pointing out, I was like, I can't believe they're selling this. Oh, we got to stay away from this stuff. Just let's be here's a better. So this was already happening in my head. And I remember she said, she's like, I don't know why you're saying all of this. If it's in the supermarket shelf, it's approved. It must be safe. And then it hit me. Then it hit me that most people are thinking that, thinking that, right? Like if it's on the shelf, it must, the people must have researched it, determined it as safe, and then go. Here's the problem. FDA is porous, especially when it comes to cosmetics, right? The stuff that's in lotion, in deodorant, in makeup, that stuff, the, the, the criteria for that hasn't been updated in so 20, 30, actually over 40 years. So they're letting in new chemicals unregulated into the environment into us right that's a massive issue so when i say porous it's like one of those colanders that has a hole that you're trying to wash your spinach and then just it's, there's all this water coming from it it's that they're they're trying to do their job i won't get into the corruption side although i do believe there is a corruptive element to it mm -hmm. because a lot of these agricultural companies uh are I have no idea how they're getting this stuff passed, but it's nasty, the stuff that's in our environment. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I would love to get into that, but uh, maybe for yourself, you can't. So it's fine. I exactly. Understand. Yeah, I get exactly. it. Exactly. But, but what I want people to understand, and I put up literally just a few days ago, just because it's on the shelf does not mean it's safe long term. 
right? And I say long-term because I can buy a, a, a deodorant that has known chemicals that affect my immune system, that affect my endocrine or hormone system. And one stick ain't gonna kill me. Might, might cause a little bit of a shift. But if you do it over time, which many people do, right? They're eating certain foods over time. They're adding a creamer to their coffee every single day. They're having a particular coffee every morning, right? They're using the deodorant. They're using the same shampoo, the same soap, the same lotion. That's the problem. Everything compounds. And it's in the analogy of a cup that's filling up. The more we start putting that crap, the more the cup fills up. And then all of a sudden, you got a skin issue. God, I have all this eczema on my skin. What's happening? Or my gut. I, man, my stomach is just bloated all the time, right? Or you have brain fog all the time. And then you go to doctor and then they give you a pill to put that under the rug without ever addressing why. So what I'm trying to suggest to people is let's be more informed. Let's teach people how to shop for food, for supplements, for cosmetics, personal care products. Let's empower each other to clean, clean up the environment, our own human environment, right? We think about physical health just being me. Give me a pill, I'm good. But we don't think about we're intimately tied to like our environment outside of us, just like a cell in our body. If we give our cell a shitty inflammatory environment, the cell is going to be sick. The cell's health is determined on the environment. So too is our health. We need the environment. We need a good, good environment surrounding us, good air, good quality stuff on our skin, in our mouth. So that, that's, that's our job right now in the health industry. I think all of us should be really informing people how to be better consumers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you're saying about just like overall health rather than, you know, looking for a pill, it almost reminds me with the whole situation that we have right now. And it seems like a lot of people are being affected by, you know, COVID-19. You've got people who are okay, and then you've got those that are affected in a real bad way. And they say, you know, if you have underlying issues, then you're at high risk. Um, but you've got some people that don't have underlying issues, they're young and they're still getting hit. And it's mm -hmm. then a question of what happened? You're supposed to be healthy. Obviously something's not right in your body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, why isn't it mentioned a little bit more that we need to take care of our health uh, rather than so much of a push for a vaccination? Like this is the answer. I remember putting up a post on, on, on I think on Facebook saying, um, what's your thoughts on this vaccination? And it just turned in a whole argument. Everybody, everybody had the answer. You know, everybody were professionals. <laughs> it was the biggest, it was, it was a, it was a complete war destruction. Yeah. Derby. Um, so what's your thoughts on that? On the not so much education on, uh, health, just taking care of your health. Um, yeah. Because I'm thinking to myself, all right, you might have the vaccination. However, if, you're, if your diet is still poor, then surely you're still going to be prone to sickness. You probably get it again. Yeah, 100%. Health is not found in a vaccination, period. Mm. It will never be found in a vaccination, right? A vaccination will do just that, protect you for we don't know how long from something, right? Mm. Um, particularly with this vaccination. But... I think the bigger picture is to why, why regulatory authorities aren't using this opportunity to shift public perception of what health is. This is a golden opportunity and we keep dropping the ball. Why? Again, I don't know if there's, there's financial vested interests into, into not talking about health and not preventing disease. I, I actually would say most likely yes, that's part of it. 
but also maybe people won't listen. And that's the thing. We are used to not doing anything until there's a problem. You don't fix your car until the, the light comes on and you're like, ah, damn, I should have gotten that oil change five months ago. I knew I should have, right? But you, what, what, what we wait, so too happens with our body. We don't do anything until the pain comes. We don't do anything until the alarm is ringing. Um, and it's much easier to think that we can get something to vaccinate us, protect us, and then we call it a day and we go back to our life of eating like crap. For me, and we haven't seen enough studies at all yet, but for me, I'm almost positive that the internal environment, metabolic disease is, a, is the determinant for how well you handle uh, COVID, okay? Or any disease, really. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. I, I, I'm, I am almost assured that this is just one disease. Maybe five years from now, we have another uh, pandemic because we have a very sick world. And I think we're hitting a boiling point. I think if we haven't yet. Uh, and I think that I think that COVID-19 is only the beginning. Something is forcing us to get a better health perspective. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's submitting that to all of us. So now, for me, it's like, what are your underlying diseases? Are you obese? Because obese, obesity will provoke an inflammatory environment. Are you inflamed? Do you have metabolic issues? Blood sugar high, insulin dysfunction, right? Hypertension, cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease. Right, most people, and it's and it and it's it's unbelievable, especially when New York got hit. It was hitting underserved communities, right, that are eating like crap, that are traditionally on more than one medication, right. That and and I know because this is this is my neighborhood that I that I grew up in in the in the different parts. I know I have family members who hit who are in the epicenter of all of this, and I know what that neighborhood looks like. No one is healthy. No one is eating vegetables. Everyone's inflamed. Everyone is eating packaged foods, right? Everyone is eating oily, fatty, uh, simple carbohydrates. It's, it's, it starts with the diet. So I got COVID. I had it two months ago. I, I, for, me it was, for me, it was very, very mild. And guess what? When I got it, all of my friends got it. And, all, and we're all in the health industry. Every single person, it was very mild. You know, five days, six days, we went through it fine, right? We took care of our bodies. We were already healthy. And then when it came, we, we took care of ourselves. And, and I'm not saying in no way is this reflective of society. This is just my personal experience. But the one friend that I had who she ate like crap, she ate like crap, but she had, you know, those people who are genetically blessed. They eat like crap, but they still are really fit. One of my girlfriends really fit, but she ate like crap. She had a fever for four days straight over a hundred degrees. She was, it was the worst experience for her. Why? What was the difference between all of us and her? She was the only person who ate like crap. She was the only person who didn't really, who thought health meant how you look. We knew that health meant internal environment too. I hope that that's a macrocosm so we can get more answers of society. So what I'm submitting to people is think about how you can prevent it. I'm not saying this is the way to do it, ask your doctor, but really for me, it would be reduce inflammation, control your metabolic health, your blood sugar, start eating whole foods, variety of colors of foods, exercise, reduce your stress, if you haven't been doing that all year, last year, your opportunity since March, then start it now. Because for me, that's the best way to, to prevent ourselves from disease. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful, definitely. And I, I don't know if I read from whether it was yourself or somewhere else, but inflammation is pretty much tied to everything else, what you said, you know, metabolic syndrome or uh, whether it's stress or just bad food, everything just links yeah. to 
inflammation. So stop the things that is causing you inflammation, basically. hundred percent. hundred percent. If, if look, if there's a fire going on in your house, I promise you, you're not going to sit there and drink green juice and do push-ups and meditate, right? You're going to worry about the fire going on around in your house. Mm -hmm. So too goes the cell. When there's a fire going around the cell, the cell doesn't care about proper glucose uptake, balance of metabolic health, right? <laughs> Reducing inflammatory markers. The cell is trying to survive. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. And cellular health is everything. All disease comes, if your cell is, if your cell is sick, you're sick. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Inflammation, we have to reduce the inflammation, and there's so many ways to do it. And there's also so many ways we become inflamed, but really, it's it's controlling all of those things as I mentioned: your stress, your eating. Right? Are you getting back in touch with nature? That's how we turn down the heat every single day. Mm, mm, mm. Amazing, amazing. Let's talk about oils. I know you've mentioned about oils before, and I was I was quite amazed. I was like, wow, I didn't. I still can't remember everything which you said about like the essential oils. Um, and then there's so many different essential oils and what it do, does to your, your brain, your body. Um, could you give us a little insight on the importance of oil quality? Uh, what's the benefits of oils? Um, yeah, and what you should be looking out for when you're going to get one. Yeah, so it, it and throughout time, a lot of my perspectives have shifted on how much oil is too much, what are the healthiest oils, and where do you stand? So I, I, I'll let you know where, what my perspective is now. But really, the rule of thumb is this. If you're having oils in your diet, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Want, Excuse me. I meant essential. Essential, oh, essential. oils. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> essential. We're, we're talking about like, we're talking about like. The essential oh, oils. The yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I love those too. No, yeah. no problem. Yeah, you've you've mentioned about it, and it's like I I want to get high quality oils. Yeah, I know about the. Well, yeah. I would like to talk about those, but I'm sorry, I should have made it clear. Essential oils, like for diffusers okay. or nebulizers or something. Okay. Yeah. There there is some data on different types of oils helping for different types of conditions. Um, I did a whole show on what to look for with oils, and I'll I'll give you some insight on that, but. Um, when it comes to essential oils, and I have a few in my bathroom right now, right? Um, the first time that I saw that they work was when I was in my residency and I worked in cancer, right? So I was seeing cancer patients every day, all day, five days a week. And what I found was that the essential, nausea is a major side effect of chemotherapy. Nausea is a major side effect of radiation or radiotherapy. Uh, and a lot of these folks were doing so much better when they had this little peppermint essential oil, like kind of like chapstick, they opened it up, took a whiff, closed it up, and then automatically their, their stomach was like, oh, I feel so much better. Why? The, the scent is being transduced chemically in your, in your nerves of your nose, right into your brain, into the centers that are really inducing that nausea. So it's calming it down. It's relaxing it. So to think that we can smell something and it can have a therapeutic effect because we think about therapy like, give me a shot, give me an IV, give me a, something on, under my tongue or let me swallow it. Mm -hmm. That's what we think about medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe let me drink something. But we don't really think much about how, where that plays a role, but it does. It absolutely does. So there's different oils out there that have different effects. The, the problem is that many cheap oil companies 
create and create their oils through a process that uses chemicals, right? Some are hexane heavy, the same chemical that they use to extract canola oil or to create canola oil. A lot of these companies use it for, to make the oil. So you always want a company that uses uh, distillation and uses, and uses no chemicals in, their, in the creation of their oils. Mm. doTERRA was one, Young Living are one, those are the biggest ones, but both of them really use clean processes and they have third-party testing and you have checkpoints of the sourcing. So it's really two rival companies, but two that are really doing it well. I believe Mountain Rose was the other one that does it really well, lesser known. I think it was Mountain Rose. Um, but essential oils work, man. They, they do. They, there's studies that show that ginger oil is helpful for nausea. Peppermint oil helpful for, for nausea. Lavender, passion flower, helpful for sleep. Um, frankincense, I, I, I think it was, I forgot what that was helpful for, but there was a really good study on that. So they do help and they're wonderful, right? Don't you get that? What's your experience with them? Do you use them? Have you ever... Have you ever? I've, I've got some oils and then I, I can't remember. I just bought it off Amazon. And then when I listened to your podcast, I was like, I don't know how legit these are. Like, I'm scared to find out. <laughs> but I'm like, do you know what? I really need to invest in proper oils because it wasn't cheap, but it probably wasn't the most expensive. I probably need to spend a little bit more on oils because I was looking at some of the prices. I was like, wow, that's pretty expensive, isn't it? I'll go for something. Some of, huh? Some of them are very expensive. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it does it does give a nice feeling. You know, you feel good, especially if you're if you're studying or you're working and you have a little um, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of a scent now. I've got loads of different scents, but yeah. Yeah, so I would actually part part of my ritual every morning is to rub peppermint on my on my hands and I breathe it in. And it's like woof there you go. I'm awake now. Like that is more, that is my pre matcha tea that, that, that helps me boost me up. It awakens me actually for students. What I would do with essential oils, I'd have it next to my, when I was studying for my board exam, right? I'd be doing the work, doing the work every now and then I reach for the oil and go like this, rub it on my hands and breathe it and then study. Interestingly enough, when you use a scent while you're studying, it helps with memory recall. So before the test, I actually did the same thing. I, uh -huh. right before the test, I smelled it, hopefully unlocking all of those memories that I had to open up. It's really interesting, but if you think about it, it makes sense because have you ever walked past someone in the street and smelled the scent and it reminded you of your childhood or someone that you knew, right? And all of a sudden you, a unlock, the vivid, you unlock the vivid memories, right? You remember so clearly that memory. So it's the same mechanism. Um, so oils are wonderful, man. I don't use them enough. I should. I have a bunch. So um, you've actually re-inspired me to, to, to get on an oil regimen too. I'll need those names again a little bit later, or I'll just play this back. Yeah. I definitely need to know it down, that's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. That's cool, man. What's your, what's your thoughts on um, uh, those age things, things that help to, or supposed to help to slow down aging, things like, NMN and uh, NR, nicotinamide riboside. Mm -hmm. uh, what's, what's your thoughts on those? Well, if you think, and we, we go back to the cell we were talking about in the environment, right? Mm. I think one of the first intervention for aging has to be reducing inflammation for sure. Because the for the cell to flourish, it needs an environment that is healing. It, within the cell, you have mitochondria. And mitochondria is 
is believed to be one of the first mechanisms or one of the first parts of the cell that are affected in cancer, right? But also it's tied to longevity. So I'm of the belief that mitochondrial health equals cellular health equals longevity, right? So when you talk about NAD, NAD works on that level of the mitochondria. It helps energize, it helps restore, it helps keep healthy the mitochondria. So I do take it, it's actually part of my everyday morning routine. I take one from Quicksilver. Um, and I have no affiliation with them. They are, a, it's a liposomal, meaning you put it under the tongue and it absorbs really fast. Mm. It's great. There's some folks in LA who love NAD um, uh, IVs, which, which are very expensive and they take time, but people feel great with them. Yeah. But for me, it's like, what's most accessible for us for anti-aging, right? Two things that we can do for free are fasting, right? Making sure that we're at least having some time between dinner and breakfast, at least 14 hours. And then maybe taking a day of the week or every other week or every three weeks going, all right, today I'm just going to drink water, right? Going back into that mode, because what that does is that stress actually is a good stress that activates a lot of these genes and proteins that are helpful for longevity. The other side of it is stress. Stress is the number one ager that we are exposed to. This podcast is brought to you by Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium is one of the most essential minerals required by the body. The problem with what we have today is that much of our soil are destroyed, which means deficiency in much of the food which we buy. The level of stress in modern society is more too, which means magnesium depletion in our body. Overall, a large majority of the population is deficient in magnesium and they wouldn't even know. Some common symptoms of low magnesium are fatigue, tiredness for no logical reason, digestive issues, muscle cramps, weak pumps when training, irregular heartbeat, just to name a few. Magnesium Breakthrough has seven blends of magnesium with a precursor to increase chances of absorption. To get your hands on these high quality supplements, visit bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. That website link again is bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. Actually, about close to 10 years, it can reduce our biological age. So me, I'm 36 years old. Let's say I've been chronically stressed for the past 15 years, really stressed. Mm. I may, I, my, 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 my age is 36, but my biological, my cellular age can be 46 already, just by almost 10 years aging. So if, you, if, if someone wants to know what's the secret to anti-aging, what's the secret to beauty, right? How do I look young? Stop stressing. Start meditating. Start walking barefoot. Start breathing in nature. Do that every single day. Look how vibrant, look how young you look. There is um, some data though uh, for anti-aging on the red light. You ever see those? I know you're like a biohacker, so we have the near infrared mm -hmm. for helping with collagen and the skin. Uh, but man, that's, that's the major things, like not overindulging, not eating processed foods, fasting, reducing stress, and things like NAD. Those are the hacks later. NAD, some red light therapy, those are good for anti-aging too, but 
but that's 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 those are my interventions for anti-aging right right cool cool what about epa and dha i know you'd mentioned about that before um one thing which was pretty fascinating i think you'd mentioned a lot of the fish which we eat are just loaded with contaminants um did you mention also even wild caught can have some contaminants in there as well mm -hmm. right right um and then you was leading on to certain supplements as well which was good to have um because there, <laughs> there's so many different cod liver oil supplements out there and i remember back in the day i used to go to a, a shop called i don't know if you have it in the states it's called holland and barrett do you have that no, there? no. um you'd have like it would say a thousand milligrams but then on the back on the epa and dha it would say like 150 each or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah i'm like okay right so you explained that if it's not close to the amount which is shown on the front then the the, the rest is filled up with like I don't know, some different kind of oils or something. Yes, yes, man. Mm -hmm. I know you take notes on the show, man, because that's exactly what I said. I appreciate that. I love, I love that. Yeah, I love man. your stuff. I love your stuff. Uh, yeah, I love if that. you could elaborate on that, that would be great. For sure. So um, EPA and DHA are very important fatty acids, right? They're for our nerves, for our brain, for inflammation, for our eyes. They, they have wide-ranging effects, especially in growing children, right? So if you have a, a baby, you know, you'll notice, even if they, it, it's in the breast milk, but if you notice in formulas, if, you, if you're not breastfeeding, they're there in high amounts, right? And it's important for development, but it's also in sustaining our neurological system, our heart health, very, very important. So me being a vegan, I don't eat fish, right? And what I will submit to people is that conventional fish is very difficult to find. It is not contaminated. Right. Unfortunately, we irresponsibly as humanity polluted our oceans. Right. And and we're seeing the effects of that. It's funny because we cause and effect. We cause it. And then the effect is the cycle back where now we're suffering for what we caused. And so there's chemicals out there. And we just mentioned a wild caught. Wild caught will be the best option always. Right. Not the farm raised farm raised. They're very sick fish. They're, they put uh, antibiotics in the in the to, to keep the fish healthy oh, really? healthy okay. yeah so 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 they're exposed to these things growth hormones um they some of these fish are so sick that sick that they have to diet with a with a diet to make it look more appetizing or palatable right um so stay away from conventional uh fish if you do eat it go for wild caught for sure but know that there are chemicals in our environment that that are that are due to industry that are just all around anyway so there are exposure to these chemicals within the muscle and the fish muscle and the skin of these fish just keep that in mind so i wouldn't eat it every single day particularly even heavy metals it's not an everyday thing but they are abundant in epa and dha something like salmon really good stuff really absorbable good forms now when we talk about supplements this is exactly what we were saying so many of these companies are very sneaky let's say Roger and Dr. G's fish oil, we come out with something, right? And we're the scammers that are working in the basement, right? We want to make money off of humanity. We have fish oil at 2,000 milligrams, so if someone sees it, you know, so let's say, let's say a family member of mine, they're like, wow, 2,000, that sounds like so much, I'm going to buy it. But, but we're smart enough to know the EPA and DHA, which is the most therapeutic parts of the, of the fatty acids, what we need, 
people underreport that. So they'll, they'll put 200, 300 milligrams out of a thousand. And the rest is just going to be like olive oil, avocado oil, any other oil that doesn't have the therapeutic effect. And that's how we cut corners. And a lot of companies do that. So what I want to tell people, and this is, this is what you're saying, look at the total amount of fish oil, fish oil, and then look how much EPA or DHA is in there, right? And know and, and do the math, add them up together. It should be very close to the number that you're getting so you can get the total amount. Um, very, very, very important. Also, your fish oil has to be certified third-party tested. Fish oil is one of the supplements that you cannot cut corners on because they get rancid very fast. And if they get rancid very fast, that causes inflammation in our body, right? That becomes an oxidant in our body. Also, it needs to be purified. It needs to get rid of those chemicals that are in the fish oil, right? That's concentrated oil. It needs to get rid of the heavy metals. So all these companies, if you're taking fish oil, call up the company today and go, hey, what's your purification process? Are there any heavy metals? Are there any pesticides? Are there any other uh, uh, environmental chemicals in it? And, and I want to know that it's third-party tested. That's it. That's how you empower yourself. But if, and if not, then I talk about some of them on my show, uh, my favorite brands for fish oil for folks who get it. That's powerful. I can't imagine most people who do that if they get a bit concerned, but that's good to know. If the moment it gets rancid, then yeah, that's a yeah. problem. And how would you know if it is rancid? How do you know if you bought some that might be rancid? Is there, are there obvious signs? Yeah, well, they say a lot of folks, when, when you take it in, uh, it, it, it would be hard yeah. to tell. If it's enterocoded, then it gets into your stomach and it opens up past the stomach and you won't have the fishy burps. But if you are having fishy burps, it's sometimes, for the most part, a sign of a shitty fish oil, right? Shouldn't right. have fishy burps, right? Mm. Um, but that's not always the rule of thumb. So it's hard to tell if it, it, would, it would be rancid. A lot of fish oils are coated very poorly. Um, but really, if it's third-party tested, more likely than not, the, the fish oil is protected. The glass, it should, oh, it should never be in a clear, clear bottle, right? Because light can oxidize it. It should be an amber, dark, one that ref, uh, deflects light and keeps the fish oil from becoming rancid because of the light. That's, that's the way we, we would do it. But putting it in your mouth, you can't go, oh, this is rancid, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's good to know. Good to know. All right, cool. Um, and probably preferably in a glass bowl as opposed to yeah. plastic. Mm. Yeah. What's your, um, I wasn't going to say, there's something like, I like bread on the odd occasion, not too often, because sometimes I get a bit of, um, uh, I don't know if it's acid reflux. Yeah, sometimes I'll get a bit of burning acid reflux. I guess it just depends on the day. If I have it too late, that's for sure. But that's probably just to do with my, uh, um, the gastric juices. But if... So I've looked at two different breads in the supermarket and there is, I've looked at uh, organic and also I've looked at gluten-free. Um, now with the organic, I've, se <laughs> I've seen that it has um, gluten in there and it also has sunflower oil. And uh, the gluten-free has, and I don't even know what it is, like I think it's called partially inverted sugar syrup mm. doesn't sound too great <laughs> have you no. heard of that it sounds like it, it sounds like there's a it's a partially hydrogenated oh god 
partially hydrogenated. Well, usually over here we have partially hydrogenated uh, oils, mm -hmm. um, but I've never heard of partially hydrogenated fructose syrup. It sounds kind of like high fructose corn syrup for me. Yeah, we, we do have the corn syrup, which I think is probably our version mm -hmm. of the high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Um, if you were to have bread, oh, this also has a uh, rapeseed oil. That's like our version of canola oil, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. If you were to pick a bread, what would be your choice of bread? Yeah, so living in LA, I'm blessed to have, it, it's like a, a hub for healthy food and health, healthy lifestyle. So we have this really wonderful supermarket called Air One. Um, and in this supermarket, they have every, everything's organic and they have these breads where five ingredients and you know that you know all the ingredients there's no chemicals in it right so it's hard for me to recommend a bread that is in its whole form for me if i was in a situation where i lived in a town and i loved bread and i can only get you know this organic one but it has sunflower oil okay which is more inflammatory oil gluten well me personally i don't work well with gluten i know that 20 percent of the population doesn't but i know how my body feels when i do eat it versus the gluten-free one which has that partially hydrogenated fructose syrup which i would stay away from 100 percent because i don't know what's in it um i'd probably go with the organic one first and foremost I, and you don't you sound like you don't need it every day so the sunflower oil shouldn't be that much of an issue um but if i was in town like that and i couldn't find a really good whole bread i would learn a new skill and make my own damn bread right from scratch and make that make that something new that I can make with my own hands, with my own ingredients, right? Mindfully making it again, being present when I'm making the bread. So it can be a, something new that I've created in my, um, in my repertoire. That's, that's what I would do. Yeah. Fortunately for me, which I, I don't, I don't see myself making bread. I get to go to the supermarket and get some good stuff over here. That's cool. That's cool. I better start making bread then. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, listen, if I open up your story and I see your hands, Making the making the bread batter, right? Rising the bread. I'm gonna be the happiest guy in California. I'll tag you for sure. <laughs> tag me, please, man. Um, I remember recently. I don't know if it was recent, but you did mention about mattresses as well, which I find quite fascinating because obviously it's a place where we all spend a lot of time. You know, right. um, you know, we we lay there and we we, we this is where we're supposed to. Um, um, I don't know, regenerate, you know? Yeah. Be ready for the next day. Like sleep is, is pretty much almost, that's like the biggest biohack ever. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know? However, if it's not in a good bed, then you're losing out on the biggest biohack, right? So sure. the question is what, what type of bed uh, what, what type of conventional beds do we generally have and what sort of bed should we be going for? Yeah, I, and this is a great question because this comes back into really a big passion of mine, which is environmental medicine, right? What is the air we're breathing in our home? The home that we spend so much time on. on in bed, we spend seven, eight, nine hours, you know? So it would behoove us to understand that beds off-gas, they off-gas chemicals, right? Some chemicals, they become unstable and they become volatile, right? You don't smell it. You do smell it actually when you get a new bed, right? You open up the bed from the plastic and you go, oh, it smells like chemicals. Yeah. That's off-gassing. Right. The thing is, 
it doesn't just off gas for two days and then it's done. It off gases for the life of the bed. You're laying in that bed and you're breathing in small amounts every single day, every single day filling up the cup. And, and I know for some people they're like, oh, here, now he's talking about beds. What else is safe? But I, what I'm putting out there is information for folks to understand that maybe long-term it might be a good investment to go, you know what, I'm in bed all the time. Not only am I gonna get a comfortable bed, which people look for as the criteria number one, but more importantly, a bed that I know is clean, that is not off-gassing, because guess what? Those chemicals that are off-gassing, we know for a fact, disrupt your endocrine system, your hormones, right? They disrupt your immune system, your neurological system. We know those chemicals can be linked to cancer. How the heck are you telling me that if I'm going into bed, that could be linked to cancer long-term? Yeah, it can, those chemicals. So. And no one tells us this. And guess what? We put our faith in regulatory bodies to put out beds that go, it's safe, it's fine. It's only in small amounts. It's only in small amounts in a vacuum. That's where they get their stuff from, in a vacuum where there's no, there's no other chemical and you only get that small amount at that same time. But what about when there's 100 chemicals being off gas? What about when you're inflamed as it is because you're eating crappy? What about all those other variables that we don't look at? What about how the chemicals work together? So Get what I say, and, and, and here in America, there's different certifications. There's organic cotton, organic latex certifications, GOTS, GOLS, OEKOTEX, OECOTEX. These are certifications where we know, all right, you know, we're getting we're getting a bed now that I know doesn't off gas, right? I know that I can be comfortable in because there's been new technologies over time. Now, you know, when I did the bed review last year, there was like six, seven beds that, that were really good. I looked the other day, now there's like 12 new companies since then. It's booming now because people are going, I want a good bed. I want to, I want to, I'm going to lay in it eight hours. I want a good bed. So yeah, yeah. I always say if you're, if you're blessed to have you to, to have the funds to get a new bed, think about getting a new one, a new one soon. Cause that's the number one intervention in your home. You're, you're, you're not putting lotion on your face or, or face cream for eight hours, but you are laying in bed for eight hours. Yeah. So that's a really important intervention that we can make. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I'm really passionate about getting, getting folks into a healthy bed. Mm-hmm. Do you have any particular brands that you recommend? Yeah. So out here, there's a few brands. Um, the avocado to date, the number one last year was the avocado mattress, right? Avocado. And, no. Yeah, and, and, and simply because they had the most amount of certifications. Um, and they're, they, to me, they're doing it right. Um, Brentwood Homes is the bed that I have, Brentwood Home. Um, really comfortable bed. Uh, but any company that's using organic cotton, organic latex, a mix of both, maybe some have organic wool, but, but it, it, it's some sort of mix of all of those, then you know they're not using those flame retardants that are off-gassing. Avocado, Brentwood Homes, I think Naturepedic was the other one. I did the show a while ago, um, but I would I would submit anyone who's listening, type in Heal Thyself mattress on Google, and then just open up the show and listen to it, and then you'll get all of the ones and what to look for. That's awesome. That's awesome. Brilliant. Um, I know you've mentioned about uh, different toxins. You've you've mentioned about mold before. Um, oh, yeah. And how that also is like a you know endocrine dis- disruptor and um, yeah, and it's found around the homes. I think you mentioned as well it's it's in the walls or something. It can be in the walls. But are you saying that sometimes it's not? It might not be visible to the human eye. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Most most mold is not, right? When we right. think about mold, we think about, oh, let me open up the shower and there's a little. It's the it's the, I see spots coming up. You know, that's yeah. that's mildew. Mold, for the most part, is behind the scenes, behind the wall, under the floorboards, in the baseboards, in the vents, right? And mold creates these things called spores. These spores are what's make us sick. Not the mold itself, but the spores that go out into the air, that float in the air, that we breathe in. That's what makes us really sick. Now, mold is a very important subject for us to understand, particularly because in America, it's estimated that 50% of homes have mold, right? So that's wild. The other side of it is that in a family of four, 21 or 25% of folks are going to be affected by mold, right? So let's say we have a family of four and you know the young son continues getting sick, having nasal issues, having cognitive issues, he can't remember, he's getting dizzy, really fatigued, uh, you're maybe swelling a little bit, swelling in the face, swelling in the arms, rashes, just all these generalized symptoms all over the body. No one can figure out what the heck is going on. It, statistically speaking, you know, 25% of folks, one out of four are gonna be affected, but the rest of the family goes, they never think about the home because they go, I'm healthy, my husband's healthy, his, sister, his sister's healthy, why is, why is my son sick? So. Yeah. And you living in the UK, that's, that's rain capital, you know? So, <laughs> so I think people need to understand what their home looks like. Flat roofs are really a place where, you know, you build up water and, and can be issues. If there's ever water damage in your home, it needs to be remediated. If you know, you, you know, a pipe burst or there was a big flood in your bathroom and you cleaned it up with a towel and it looks great, you need to remediate that. You need to check the baseboards to see if mold is growing, right? Check the area behind the toilet anytime there's water damage, because if there's water damage, almost a hundred out of a hundred times, there will be mold. And if there's mold, the, mo the it's, it's likely that you're going to get sick. My cameraman for my show goes to me, Dr. G man, I just keep getting, every time I go home, I have these like nasal pressure and nasal and my sinuses are, pat, are, are stuffed up and I keep sneezing and I go, did you have water damage? And he goes, yeah, actually the lady upstairs, her, her, her bathtub broke and you know there's a big water spot in the ceiling I go you have mold I go at the very least get a get a uh, air filter right now he got it literally in a week he goes completely gone everything because that air filter was sucking up those spores and cleaning it out so mm -hmm. we need to understand mold is what I, in my in my opinion the most under recognized cause of so many sicknesses in health that we don't even talk about I got very sick with mold two years ago. I couldn't even, let's say we're having this conversation, I wouldn't be able to remember your name, which is incredible, you know? It, it, it's, I wouldn't even be able to remember the word like almond in a conversation. I, I'm like, what's that word? What's that, what's that food? Oh, almond. It's wild how it affects your brain, but it's, it causes inflammation throughout the whole body. So mold, mold, mold. I did a whole show on mold, what to look for, what it is, the symptoms, I, I'd, I'd submit everyone check out that mold show because it's really, really, really something to think about because your health problems literally could be just because of mold. Mm, mm, that's amazing. I'll definitely put your uh, podcast link in the show notes. That's yeah. for sure. um, Oh man, you talk about so many great things. Um, <laughs> mainly to do with just products which we buy, which we think is beneficial for our health you know because it's advertised as beneficial for us that's the reason why we buy it and the the the, the least you would expect to be affected by uh, 
chemically heavy products are babies, for instance. And um, I know that there's products out there which is very questionable. What's your thoughts on a, a company called Johnson & Johnson? Uh, for Johnson & Johnson? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I'll, give, I'll, I'll say it this way. Johnson & Johnson was sued for continuously keeping a chemical that we know causes cancer in baby shampoo, okay? From out the formaldehyde, right? They were sued for that. And there was complaints for many, many years. Why is this in here? A baby shouldn't be exposed to this, but they kept it, they kept it, they kept it, they kept it. They kept it until enough people sued them and then they changed it. <laughs> so, so what is my opinion on Johnson & Johnson? Johnson & Johnson will go where the money is. If all of a sudden, and I won't be surprised if Johnson Johnson got, or is already in the organic industry, right? Because that's where the money is now. The co corporations that will, are not looking out for your health. Very few corporations really look out for public health. There's companies that do. Companies that are not corporations really like are, are in their ethos wanting to do better. But for the most part, corporations will go exactly where the money is. So they're, they're, they'll care about your health if all of a sudden organic is the trend and that's where the money is. <laughs> but if all of a sudden people don't care about their health and now, you know, shitty, shitty food, shitty products are the trend, they're just going right back to where they were. So that's my opinion on Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Uh, even organic itself, sometimes it's questionable. Like I've heard that, you know, as long as a certain amount is clean, then, you know, you can pass as organic. Yeah. Have you heard something similar like that? Yeah, it's not perfect. It's far from perfect, actually. Yeah. But you know that if it has a USDA organic label, 90% of the ingredients in there are going to be used using natural methods. And, and again, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe, right? <laughs> but at least we know that there's no chemicals, sewer sludge. It's not radiated. Uh, they're not using different pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. We know that at, at the very least. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's far from perfect, but at least there's a standard that we can go by. Um, the best thing is to have your own damn garden. The best thing is to make it yourself, right? Source it yourself, go do it by yourself, make your own bread. That's the best way to do it, man. But um, mm -hmm. most of us don't have the time, but I, I, would, I would ask everyone, see if you can have a garden. See if you can make, you know, if you live in a city, start growing sprouts right by the window. You know, broccoli sprouts, alfalfa sprouts. Those types of things are going to be very therapeutic. Plus, you're connected to your food, man. Yeah. Connection to the food is everything. It makes meals much different to know that your hands were dirty. You touched it, right? You grew from the ground. You saw the growth happen. That is the power in food. Instead of getting in the frozen section at, at the supermarket, you know? God, yeah. What's your thoughts on seasonal eating itself? Do you, do yeah, you follow so I, that? I just did a show of that. Um, they've actually shown that our microbiome, our stomach bacteria actually fluctuates, not only based on the food we eat, which is obvious, you know, we think, okay, you know, you eat more fiber, your bacteria is gonna, your good bacteria is gonna start growing, right? You eat shitty food, your, your good bacteria is gonna start dying off, all the opportunistic uh, bacteria and all, all the other bugs are gonna start growing. But actually we, we know, we've seen that temperature shifts also fluctuate the bacteria it's very it's a very volatile environment here right mm. so temperature shifts so what that says is maybe just maybe as the seasons change so too are so too does our tolerance of food and i would ask everyone if you're eating blueberries all summer 
and you're doing fine with them. And all of a sudden, come fall or winter, you try to eat blueberries and you're not doing right with them, it might be not because of the blueberries, it might be because of the temperature shift and the way your bacteria are reacting. So seasonal eating actually is real. I, I seasonally eat loosely, like 80%, right. right? I try to stick with it. All of a sudden now it's getting colder, I'm eating a lot of root vegetables, right? Potatoes, sweet potatoes, ginger, yams, like all of those that are, that, that, that are rooted and grounded and warm and soups versus all summer when I was going fruit heavy and I was going crazy, you know, on light foods, right? airy right. foods so seasonal eating is real um and i and i do follow it um fairly closely okay awesome i think i think that's it man i think you covered like some amazing stuff seriously diverse. Like, that was incredible thank you diverse. So yeah man it's a pleasure it's a pleasure you taking your time out uh, i love that you your passion is in educating people and that's what we're here to do right like to get get society healthier, get each, get each other healthy mentally, physically, emotionally. How can we be our best selves? And you have a hand in doing that. You have a major audience, huge audience, and you're using it for good. That's powerful, man. That's what we're here to do. And I love that. And I honor that in you, man. God bless you, man. Thank you very much. Where, where can everybody find you? Uh, okay, Instagram, at uh, gonzalez with a Z at the end, you'll find it, um, Dr. G. Heal That Self podcast. We're about to hit 2 million in two years. Downloads. We are on fire. Woo! You know, look, I'm going to do a show with you this time next year. We're going to hit 5 million. So we're, yeah. we're coming. We're coming with it, man. Amazing. And, and all, because, all because people like you who, who are gravitated and who listen and who give the time, then my heart goes out, man. You, that's the community that has built this movement. And I can't be, I'm gratitude every day. Every morning I say it. Incredible. Are you on Twitter at all? I need to be. I'm going to get on soon. I need yeah. to be. Yeah, get on there, man. Get on there. We'll have Gotta a little chit-chat on there as well. <laughs> got to start tweeting, man. I, I, I got to get up to your level. I got to get on the, t the Twitter, man. But, uh, but yeah, that's where you can all find me. Superb. Dr. G, I really appreciate it. It's been absolutely phenomenal, my friend. So, uh, likewise, man. Thank you. Excellent. You take care, and we'll catch up soon. All right, brother. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome, but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.